Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tomboy XL's underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in, regardless of where they fall on the size or gender spectrum. Tomboy X underwear comes in a bunch of cuts, bikini, briefs, boxer shorts, and more. And their supportive and comfy sports bras have fun patterned bands. All options come in extra small to 4X. You know, this could be my summer to gain weight. I feel like inside me there's an even fatter person just trying to get out. Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss the show Huge, Mommy Vloggers, and how we stay so chill. April, what are you obsessed with this week? This week, based on your direct request, (laughs) I'm going to share my long-term obsession with mommy vloggers. Okay. For those of you at home who don't know what a mommy vlogger is, a mommy vlogger is someone who vlogs, like makes a video of their children every single day and uploads it to YouTube, and then I get to watch them grow up and get weirdly attached to them. <laughs> so there's two mommy vloggers that I've watched for like five plus years, and I really know oh everything about their family and like wow. love them so much. So the first one is It's Judy's Life. Judy is a Filipina-American living in Seattle that started as a beauty blogger and now vlogs her family every day. So she has three kids. What I love about children is just seeing how they grow every day. So it's so fascinating to see like when they're born and you can see when they have their first word and like how fast in relation to the other kids and like how they relate to each other. I just feel like some of those things are not that interesting unless it's your child. I don't agree. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it really is very weird and like very voyeuristic, but for me, it's just like, I'm fascinated with child development and it's a really easy way to be able to see how one particular child grows. My other favorite mommy blogger is Dear Natural 85. So she's not only my favorite natural hair YouTuber, but she also um, has led us into the world of her family. So she's married to this Brazilian American guy and she's black. They do a lot to merge their two cultures and their kids' upbringing, which is cool. My impression of mommy vloggers was always that they were, it was like a very white Christian circle. It really is. These are two outliers, which I think is why I'm drawn to them. But I was already interested in these ladies for their like beauty stuff. The minutiae of a baby's day is so boring to me. (laughs) It says it's not my baby. But what if the baby learns to read? I mean, that's cool, but that's one video, right? But it's a process, though, because first they're sounding it out. Like, right now, Juliana is, like, able to recognize the letters when she sees them around, and now she knows what sound they make. So next week, she could be putting together full paragraphs. Well, I guess what I'm learning from this is that I truly better just keep you around until I do have a baby, and then I'll get a lot of free childcare because you'll just be obsessed with my children. Absolutely. I love them so much. I feel like they're my family, and I'm checking in on my family. (laughs) That's really how I feel. Do you think it's at all exploitative of them to do this? I think so, a little bit. I mean, but also it's up to every mother what they want to do with their kids. But I do think a little bit, just because they don't have any say in it. Like you're two years old and your mom's kind of like, you know, some of them don't have them in every vlog, but it is kind of like they're documenting their own life and of course their lives will involve their children so Mm -hmm. they would be a part of it. But it, it depends on the vlogger. I think Judy and Whitney in particular are pretty good about the line between like, Clearly the kid doesn't want to be on camera and you're, like, forcing them and just, like, documenting, like, fun stuff you did with your child. But I I think I have seen some vloggers. I won't add anybody who I'm like, your kid looks like she's forced to sit there and be like, hi, my name's Kaylee and this is my painting. And, like, she does not want to be there. I mean, honestly, the sad part is a lot of the comments are, like, criticizing people's 
parenting choices. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, like, I do want to have kids, but, like, I do not want to put my parenting of my future as of yet unthought of kids, mm-hmm. like, out in the world. People are so weird and critical about people's parenting. Yeah. A lot of people are just like, really, Judy? Two juice boxes in one day? Oh what the hell are you thinking? Do they ever respond? Sometimes, not Whitney does not care, but sometimes Judy will be like, you guys, seriously? <laughs> Dang. Well, thank you for sharing that part of the internet with me. I don't watch it at all. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like deep in the mommy vlog. I like have all the coupon codes for like Gerber's. Oh like, gosh. I'm good. Um, okay. So I'm obsessed with mommy vloggers on YouTube. What are you obsessed with? Okay, so this will be just as uninteresting to you. All right. (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to share. I feel like some of our listeners have responded to me when I've talked about, like, liking YA fantasy novels. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to highlight my, like, favorite fantasy YA novelist of all time, who is Tamara Pierce. Her name is spelled T-A-M-O-R-A Pierce. Okay. And so for a long time, I thought it was Tamora Pierce, mm-hmm. but then I found this this clip where she says how to say her name. Are you ready? Hello. My name is Tamara Pierce. Tamara, pronounced like camera. Like <laughs> camera. Like camera. So she is this lady from Pennsylvania who just, she writes like these universes She has two different universes of fantasy books she writes in, and she has, like, four books in a series usually. There's a bunch of different series set in the same world, Mm -hmm. and her books all are fantasy novels that focus on women. And it really is the series, the books that shaped my love of YA fantasy stuff. Okay, what makes them so good? Um, Sell me on this lady. Number one, really good world building. Like, she's the kind of writer who has maps and, like, genealogy lists in the back of the book. Some of the books intersect with each other. The characters are so relatable. None of them are a girl who doesn't know she's pretty and she doesn't know Mm -hmm. what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. It's always, like, the Alana series is, like, in this kingdom called Tortle and she wants to be the first woman to be a knight and she has to go through like night school Ooh, ooh night school night school it's like a, a school story slash hero building story about her cool they're strong characters they are interesting characters all of her female characters are usually very like strong-minded you're very in their heads and they like are trying to figure things out they're very active mm. i don't think she's had any fat characters unfortunately that are like main characters some of the, like, I'm thinking of this one book series she has about um, the second girl night named Kit, and she's described as, like, stocky tall, and, like, the boys make fun of her because she's not cute, basically. Mm-hmm. I just was so invested in all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love them a lot. I wanted to read this one thing from an interview with her. Okay. I write female heroes by and large, and I write female characters taking action when action is needed. I write female characters undertaking tasks that are often described as tasks women can't do. I write realistically as I can how they would go about undertaking these tasks in a way that people in our world would understand without ringing any false notes. I was raised a feminist. My mother was a feminist. I came of age in the 60s being accused of being a feminist. I wrote to the FBI when I was 12 years old and asked what the requirements for an agent were. They wrote back that actually women weren't allowed to be agents, but when I graduated high school, I could apply to be a secretary. That burned my bacon. (laughs) That's iconic. Yeah. So I hope she hasn't, like, you know, milkshake ducked and, like, turned bad. Oh, my God. I hope not. But um, Also, I hope she hasn't trademarked burned my bacon because we're putting it on a tote bag. Burned my bacon. We're putting it on a tote bag. Yeah. Wow. She sounds really cool. Yeah. I think another thing I like is that she manages to write these women coming into their own power, whether it's intellectual, physical, or, like, magical, Mm -hmm. but in a way that's not, like... And then they deal with this huge power they have out of nowhere. It's always about them struggling to own it and develop it themselves. Totally. If you guys have also read this author, Tamara, like Camera, let us know what you think. Okay, next we're going to do our Apple podcast review shout outs. We're going to start with Drink Umbrella, one of my favorite things. Reka. Our new friend Reka. Shout out to Reka. Jamie, 1-0-0-0-0-0-0-0. Thank you, Jamie. Merman Dak, shouts to Merman Dak, Izzy McLaughlin, also a patron, shout out to Izzy, 
Carly Ann Illustration, and Haley Joy 9 Thank you guys so much for leaving reviews. Thank you. And we'd also like to give big shout-outs to our new Patreons, our new patrons on Patreon. Kiana Rudolph, Gabrielle Perizzo, Sassy Fat Mom Pants, Lindsay Gustafson, and Heather May. Thank you guys so much for being our patrons. You know how much that means to us. Thank you. Y'all are the best. So now we'll move on to our corrections. So our only correction that we know of at this point in time (laughs) is apparently I said the wrong version of the word prophecy. Prophecy is like the noun version. So it's like the prophecy that blah, 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 or Mm -hmm. of blah. And prophesy is like the verb. So it's like she prophesied that. Oh, yeah. Okay. We don't have to rehash how you used it. The I don't remember. The important part is you're owning up to it. Yeah, but thank you and hashtag sorry, Lindsay. Sorry, thank Lindsay. you, Lindsay, for that correction, I guess. Now we'll move on to Tip Jar, our new segment where we are going to be telling you guys the things that you have told us. <laughs> <laughs> We're passing along helpful tips from our other listeners to you. Yeah. We got a message from um, Ashley Rose and The Road who said, just listen to episode 10 and I wanted to share with you how I reached out to a brand about their nude line of lingerie. Suggesting they call it another name instead of nude while they work on developing other shades is a simple solution and I was surprised they actually listened and changed it. While they aren't that size inclusive, it felt like a small step. Thanks for the pod. Been listening and loving since the beginning. She was messaging with a brand and she responded to their story on Instagram and she said, love your stuff. Wanted to point out that calling this color nude is insensitive to the issue that it's not nude to non-white folks. There are many other colors to refer to this as and until you're offering a range of colors for a nude line, I would love to see a rename. Here's an article to describe this further. Okay. So I want to point out a few things that Ashley Rose did that were so key. Number one, Started with a compliment. A lot of people will listen better if you're nice to them. (laughs) Number two, she pointed it out very clearly what the problem was. She said it's insensitive to this issue and there's a lot of other solutions. Number three, she offered them a easy solution. Um, Not everything is an easy solution, but this one was a great idea. And number four, she gave them more information by sending them an article. Like this is like moi, like kissing my fingers. Yeah, she gave them compliments. She gave them resources. She made it easy for them. She's like, here's the problem. Here's a solution. Yeah. And And all they got to do is say yes. Yeah. So here was this brand's response. Hello, and thank you so much for your kind way of letting us know that this use of nude was insensitive. Thanks to you, we agree and have changed the name of this bralette and another bralette. We will call this color beige until we can find another word that best describes it as simply the color it is. They clarified that they'll continue to call things that are sheer um, nude because they're sheer so that your skin shows through. So it like, will be nude fine. for you. Yeah. Yeah. See, they really appreciated how like clear and kind she was. I mean, as we always say, like you're not obligated to be kind when you're calling out an injustice, but like it usually helps to get it right. Like, Just help sweeten the pot because I think people are defensive about the ideas that they have. But if yeah. you're able to be like, I understand what you're attempting. Here's a way to shift to make it a little more inclusive. Yeah. It clearly it works. So that's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay. So we got two tips on more inclusive brands for stockings or nylons. So here's one person. They said, I wanted to add this brand of dance tights that has a great range of skin tones, even though they don't go above XXL. Perhaps the available products would work for some listeners experiencing the same frustration, and they might be a good target for tweeting feedback since they seem to already value inclusivity as a brand. So we will put links to this brand. They're called Nude Bar, and they have a more inclusive color range of tights and nylons, and we'll also put their Twitter handle. So if you check them out. Also feel free to tweet at them and encourage them to have a more size inclusive range. Um, In our Patreon group, shout out to our Patreon group. We love you guys so much. We're having so much fun in there. Holding it down. One of our patrons said that they um, have found tights and socks and leggings of all sizes at sockdreams.com. Yeah. So just wanted to say that one as well. And if you guys do buy from these brands, tweet and tell them that you heard about them on She's All Fat. Yeah. That'd be great for us. That'd be uh, awesome for our business purposes. So that's our tip jar. Thank you guys so much for letting us know so we can let the rest of you listeners know. Let us know if you try either of those places out and if you have any success calling out other brands. I think we're going to really start in the new year having like a brand every week that we're going to ask people to call out. And have just like an easy targeted, targeted message. Yeah, targeted message. That sounds exciting. One more little tidbit before we get to it. Yes. There is another fat, posy 
podcast coming out called Fat Club Podcast. Yay. So by the time you guys hear this episode, their first episode would be out and maybe their second. You can find them on iTunes and Google Play. Go listen. Yeah, we're we going to put them wait. on our resource page along with all the other Body Posse podcasts that we found. Give them some support and check out their pod. And in the new year, as you're thinking about how you want to use your creativity in 2018, we encourage you make your fat podcast. Do it. We want to be we drowning in fat podcasts. I want to be able to like not my. I want my feed to be clogged with fat podcasts. I want someone to be like, which fat podcast are you? Exactly. Yeah. Make it, you guys. So, we can't wait to hear. And if you listen to others that we don't list on our resource page, then tweet at us and let us know, and I will add them right away. Absolutely. All right. So we should really get to the meat of it, don't you think? Yes. Let's do it. This week on The Meat of It, we're talking about highly requested, fan favorite, ABC Family series, Huge. Huge. Let me ask you, have you had experience with Huge before? Like, had you watched it? I didn't think so. And then when I was watching it, I felt like I had maybe watched the pilot I see. before. Okay. I see. Interesting. But I didn't remember it, really. If you guys want to watch the episode and come back and hear our commentary, you can find it on iTunes. Yeah. We both purchased it for two ninety nine. That's how much we love you. Okay, so Huge is a show about a fat camp over the summer, so a fat camp for teens. So the pilot of Huge, which is called Hello, I Must Be Going, is focusing on a character named Will, short for Wilhelmina, who arrives at fat camp and does not want to be there and so it's about her navigating that space on her first day at camp can we like take a moment and just ponder how sick this is just get a bunch of fat kids stick them in bathing suits and add cameras um excuse me they don't let you do the picture with clothes on oh my god i never would have guessed that thank you you know this could be my summer to gain weight I feel like inside me, there's an even fatter person just trying to get out. What is your overall impression after watching the pilot? I feel like watching this, I was on my guard the whole time. I just wasn't sure if I was going to be seeing a lot of self-hate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would say overall, I liked it. I mean, I like a lot of the actors who were in this. I love What's Her Name, who plays the camp head camp counselor, Gina Torres. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of the show for not buying into, like, these kids are trying to be moral or it's, it's not like about a morality journal yeah. journey. It's not like they're like, we have to do this. And then by the end, we're going to be better people and we're going to be whole. Yeah, it's like, not a biggest loser. It's thing. not a biggest loser. It's very clear that these kids are very self-conscious and they're doing this because their parents told them that they need to be thin and there's something wrong with them. And it's not painted in like a glamorous way at all. Like it's yeah. very much shown for what it is, which is just like you're throwing your summer away to restrict food so that you can go back to school skinny and of course we'll get into the main protagonist now will i think will is a really cool complicated um main character i agree let's talk about will again short for Wilhelmina. which side notes my favorite thing in tv and movies is when like the tough girl has a boy name so she's like (laughs) my name's Wilhelmina, but i go by will because i'm cool and i'm like hell yeah i love that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my favorite thing so her name is will her main character trait is being defiant like she does not want to be there she likes her body she thinks her body is fine she actually wants to get fatter this summer like in protest do you think she actually likes her body though that's one of the things that made me nervous Mm. is that when we're in she's in line and she's like why would fat kids want to show off their bodies in a swimsuit i wasn't sure what journey she was actually going to go on because i couldn't tell if the like little strip tease that she does is like i can't believe you're making me do this because i'm fat you know i would hate this or if it was like i do think i'm sexy but i wonder if it's it's both like if you're 17 and she's already kind of in this mindset of like i don't think my body is a problem but i also am not totally in love with it i think she's kind of towing the line of both which for me is a character trait i think is interesting because as the way that everybody else talks about their bodies with self-hatred she doesn't want to do that yeah but she does have moments where she's like i mean i might want to lose weight which i think is just realistic we have those everybody has those moments yeah well it's super defiant she has huge issues with authority um and she has huge issues with the fact that she's been told to spend her summer losing weight she just thinks it's bullshit yeah not into it she got blue hair Full respect for the blue hair. Heck yeah. She's Um, radical. I like that she's tough, but she's not like mean. Mm -hmm. 
at least when we were first introduced to her, she's just like, can you believe this? But like to the people around her. Yeah, yeah. She's, I think she's just really trying to find someone to commiserate with just because you're in such a weird environment yeah. where you're like, is anybody else seeing this? Yeah. So the scene is when the pilot first opens up, they're all in line. They have to take their before photos and they make them like get in a swimsuit and take the photos. And so everyone's like, all right, we're taking our photo. And she's like, hold on, we're doing what? Yeah, why <laughs> like, are we doing this? This is bizarre. And I feel like that feels realistic to yeah. the actual experience. Totally. Um, so here's a little bit about Will. Everyone gets a journal. It's so we can express our feelings. Don't have them. Are you trying to get kicked out? My parents said if I get in trouble here, they'd send me to one of those boot camps you see on Jerry Springer's. Trust me, I do not intend on getting kicked out, nor do I intend on losing weight. Sorry. I'm down with my fat. Me and my fat are like BFF. I've only been off sugar for about three hours, and I already feel like defacing public property. Okay, so as we mentioned, it's the first day at camp and Will is about to take her before photo and is completely over it. And she's commiserating with Becca. So we meet Becca, who is not Amber Riley. She is an actress <laughs> named Raven. So a little about Becca. She's kind of a foil to Will, wouldn't you say? Yeah, she's like, for sure. In all the ways that Will is jaded, Becca's like optimistic. She's yeah. been to fat camp before and gained the weight back, but still thinks maybe this time. She's reading a book. She's like literally hiding behind a book yeah. when we first meet her. I really like Becca and I really really like that Becca is the foil to Will and not like a meaner girl or like, you know what I mean? Like, I like that they're like, here's this like very sweet person. Yeah, I love that. And I also love that Becca is a black girl. She's played by a black actress. And I really don't think the show portrays her as like Will's black friend. No. Like, I think Becca's on her own journey and yeah. going through her own like discovery of her body and how she wants to change it or if she wants to change it. And so I respect that for she the show. She is literally the black friend. but like- She is the black friend, but she like, <laughs> the, my only stipulation is like, you can have a black character but she just has to have her own story she can't just be there being like what did he say here's a couple clips that really exemplify who becca is can i say something it's not that bad here this is my second turn hi it's good to see you again becca i gained the weight back well good for you for coming back also during this scene i just found it so wild to see actors who are actually fat i know like all those extras like they were actually fat because you always see like tv fat which is like you know like may whitman we talked about Mm -hmm. from the duff who's like size six but like these were like actual fat teens like with their guts out i was just like this is cool like i forgot how cool this is they're just like hanging out there's like sexual energy in the air they're like sizing each other up at camp i was like oh dang i can't believe we're actually gonna see like a summer romance at a fat camp yeah with within fat to fat characters that's also something i really liked about that scene is they're like panning the outside area where everyone's in line yeah and then becca's explaining like the kind of dynamics of the camp and you're like yeah it's like the real world but everyone's fat and there's a fat jock and he like has a football player and there's a fat like most popular girl in school there's like fat clicks i'm like by the way wait that's my favorite that's my favorite scene trope uh, is oh, the like one, this is that, like in Mean yeah. Girls, this is Young it's Friend, Lucky Hottie. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, listen, here's the CEOs, <laughs> and over there, those are the hippie protesters. They don't ever get a lot. You know what I mean? That's like my favorite scene. I mean, honestly, like, it's exposition, but, like, we need it. Like, so place fun. me in the world. And with teen shows, it's always, like, so dramatic. Because yeah. in my high school, it was like, yes, there's the most popular girl in school, but she also might be, like, on, it's not so cut and dry, but, like, for the storytelling purposes, they have to be, like, and that's the fat jock. And his hair, like, tussled in the wind. And he's, like, holding so a ball, like a sports ball. Oh, my God. Some type of sports ball. I loved it. So I love seeing that, but also some of the characters are wearing tankinis. And oh, my God. Immediately my biggest trigger was, like, <laughs> being forced to buy a tankini at Kohl's with my mom really? in 2008 because they didn't have any other swimsuits in my size. Oh, no. Before, thank God for Gabby and Gabby Fresh for making, because that was my first cute swimsuit. Like, before then, I always had hideous coal suits. Oh, my God. Tankinis are my trigger. I just always wore, like, the dress bathing suits. Those were dark times. Yeah. Now we're out here with <laughs> high-waisted her... bikinis. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot for me to go back to, though. Yeah. I'm not doing that. So that that is the environment. And then as we continue down the line of fat teens taking their before pictures, oh we meet Amber. Here's a little bit about Amber first. You're totally the thinnest girl here. That can't be true. Look at me. I've been dieting since I was 10. It's probably the thing I'm best at. I might even skip my dessert. Amber, played by Haley Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff's daughter. Amber is the girl who's, like, the most popular girl at camp, and everybody is obsessed with her because people keep telling her, like, why are you here? You're not you're not really fat. 
um, which she does not agree with. They're kind of introducing this hourglass versus apple shape versus other shape conversation yeah. that still yeah. we're still always having on Instagram because Haley Hasselhoff has that like she looks like Marilyn Monroe as yeah. a teenager yeah. essentially. Um, and so all the girls at camp are like, why are you here? Like, yeah. I can't believe this, which I think it's, it's just a real thing. Like you just get favoritism if you got, you know, the thing is, I'm, sir makes a lot body. I did have a moment where I was like, oh no, I'm a will. I'm a bitch. Because when she's like, I'm a lifetime dieter. It's like the thing I'm best at. Mm-hmm. My immediate thought when they pan to Will's face being like, I roll. I was like, really? That means you're not good at it. I hate that attitude of like, yeah. I'm so good at performing moral eating. Yeah, that's true. I hate it. But, but also, I mean, I feel bad for Amber because she's, like, so lost. Like, that's how she defines herself. It's, like, the girl who's trying to lose weight, <sighs> the girl who's, like, the least fat one it's at so fat camp. Sad. It's so sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Will and Amber have major beef. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a clip of their first altercation. You think I care what you do? I don't. None of us do. So. Get over yourself. They really throw down this episode, and I assume later. I'm, I like do want to watch the rest of it now. I want to rewatch the show again because I remember feeling so seen by watching this. Will has such a problem with Amber that she she does this elaborate prank to make sure that her shorts split in front of everyone. Yeah. Look what I stole, Amber shorts. Why do you think Will has such beef with Amber? <sighs> I mean, I think she has resentment of her for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I think number one, Will is trying to do something that no one else at the camp is trying to do, which is she's trying so hard to embrace herself. She's trying to be like, there's nothing wrong with my body. Yeah. And Amber has this body that everyone at camp wants to have. She's still so down on herself. She's getting all this attention both for her body and for being down on herself. And I think that Will is just like, how dare you? How can you come here, get all this attention? Part of it is definitely a teenage girl like attention thing. Not that only teenage girls want attention, but as a teenage girl, I wanted attention. And just being like, I'm trying to fight against this patriarchy and you're here. Not only are you the beneficiary of it, but you're still down on yourself. It's just like so annoying. It really is annoying. But do you think there's a universe where Will wants to be more like Amber? For sure. She's also jealous. Yeah. How could she not be? I wouldn't be jealous of Amber. Yes, you would. Everyone at camp is jealous of Amber. Well, okay. Maybe I would be jealous of Amber for being the skinniest person yeah, there, yeah. but not, like, anything about her personality no, or no, anything. No, no, no. She's kind all. of nothing. No. But I think Will is probably jealous that she is approved of in that way. Will is not, like, an anarchist. You know what I yeah. mean? She's not, like, fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, this is unfair. I can't believe you're making me do this. I'm going to do my own thing until other people say it's okay for me to care about myself. If someone would just be like, hey, I think you're fine, she'd be like, thank you. Yeah. You know? Because I can't imagine the feeling of someone looking at Amber's body and being like, what are you doing here? And then looking at Will's and being like, oh, I know why you're here. Yeah. Like, that would hurt. Amber just thinks Will's annoying. I don't think she has the ability to even think, like, oh, our bodies are being compared to each other. I might want to give her some other, some, like, kindness. No, no. I think she's annoyed. I think what Amber thinks is, like, oh, I finally am, like, the popular girl here Mm -hmm. and everyone is sucking up to me and Will's not, so... Because mm. imagine this weird world where Amber's the most popular girl here at home. She's the duff. Yeah. <laughs> she's the ugly fat friend. The inspiration moment is really indicative of what I'm saying about why Will hates her because she's like, you are pushing this bad thing. You're idolizing thinness. You're already almost there. Yeah. This is your fault because you're buying into you're this. You're participating in it and now everyone else is expected to because yeah. look at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Their their beef is so complicated. Honestly, I feel like their beef is almost an allegory for body positivity on Instagram. totally. Because some people think body positivity is like, I'm going to lose weight because I love myself. That's what Amber's doing. And Will is like, really? You want to buy into that? That's what she's doing. So it's like they're just clashing of the head. Will's biggest adversary at the camp, ironically, is a person who is trying to be her advocate. Dr. Rand. Gina Torres, the amazing, beautiful, Afro-Latinx goddess. She's an Amazon. She's so beautiful. Yeah. So Dr. Rand runs the camp from her name. We know she is a doctor. <laughs> we don't know anything further than that. Immediately, Dr. Rand recognizes that Will is going to be a problem that she's going to have to be managing this yeah. full summer. What do you think is the main reason why they bump heads so badly? Dr. Rand's ideology is you are good if you try to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> and Will is like, nah, Dr. Rand maybe. She's created this world. It's She's the one making the rules of this world. Mm-hmm. And Will is just like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. And is like going to keep 
pushing back at her, which is why it's so interesting when they have this moment of vulnerability for her at the end where Will sees like, oh, she's not just a monster forcing me to lose weight. She's like also a vulnerable person who doesn't get everything she wants. But I think also my feeling in that moment was like, yeah, so like, why are you buying into this so much? Mm -hmm. I wonder if she questions herself too at times. I bet that moment will come. Yeah. The interesting thing about Dr. Rand is Will is like, you're an issue. You're holding me back. Everything you're doing here is, like, so oppressive. And Dr. Rand just kind of looks at her like, huh, been through it before. Or just <laughs> the moment when, when she's like, you don't appreciate this opportunity. And it's like, what? I can't believe you actually see it that way. In Will's head, her main problem is, like, the system and the man is Dr. Rand. Yeah. So she's like, it would be great if that would be eliminated from the equation. Dr. Rand is the embodiment of people saying they're just asking because they're concerned about your health. She literally is a professional concern troller. Yeah. And of course, they first meet when Will is asked to strip down to her swimsuit during this odd before picture like yeah. procession. And so she ends up doing this like spiteful strip tease, like taking off her clothes in front of everyone. And Dr. Rand is just like disappointingly shaking her head like, yeah. please just let us take the before picture. Yeah. And that's the moment when like the line is drawn, like they're going to be enemies. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> As soon as we get to the room, you get to figure out, like, who's forming an alliance, whose team is on what, who has which goals. Will What she's saying is, at this point in the pilot, is her goal is, like, disruption. Like, she's like, I want to gain weight here. I'm not trying to be a part of this. This is oppressive. Yeah. So that's her team. So first we meet the overzealous counselor, which is... I love uh, this character. I really like this character. I think she's so good in this role, too. So here's Poppy. Hi! I'm Poppy! Welcome to the first day of the rest of your lives. So, um, find the bunk with your name on it. Poppy doesn't have a team. She just wants everyone to get along, participate in the camp. She clearly thinks it really is beneficial Poppy, for people. Poppy's team trying her best. Yeah, honestly, she's team, can't we all get along? Oh she's team, I have a lot of feelings. Then we have Becca, who we met earlier. Becca is on Team Will with caveats, which is, she thinks Will obviously has a bad attitude. Yeah. should calm down. And then we meet Caitlin. So Caitlin is on Team Amber. Caitlin first meets Amber, and she's the one who tells her, you're too skinny to be here. Why yeah. are you here? So Caitlin's a complicated character. She clearly, she's been at the camp before. People mentioned having bunked with her before. Later on in the episodes revealed she has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And so she and Will have a complicated relationship. She idolizes Amber, even though it's so interesting. She wants to be thin, but Amber's not skinny. She's just yeah. like not fat. I mean, we don't know that much about her mm-hmm. interior motivations, right? We only know what she says and what she does. But because we find out she has an eating disorder, she really wants to put forward this idea like she says in the circle where they're all saying, oh, what are some feelings about camp? She's like, I love not eating crap anymore. And meanwhile, we know she's been. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like secretly buying junk food from Will. Between that and the way she's obsessed with Amber, like what we can assume is that she cares so much about appearances and the appearance of having it together. And she just wants that so much to be seen as like good slash doing a good job slash the pretty one. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly she, her whole deal is the result of people tying morality and eating together. So she has to lie about what she ate because she wants to seem good to other people. But it's sad because she lies and people know that she's been eating candy and she still lies to Dr. Rand. Everybody just fills this 
empathy. Like, we're all on the same level. We're all here struggling with our bodies, but it's like, wow, at least we're being upfront. I definitely don't want to ascribe any kind of simple reason to having an, an eating disorder. No, not at all. But it is like, this is the character who I was most surprised by in this episode because mm-hmm. at the very beginning you think she's just going to be like another mean girl. And then it turns out that she, just like everyone else on the show, has this whole complicated struggle going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just appreciate how they're able to give layers because she could just be like Gretchen Wieners. Like oh, when yeah. she first meets Amber, she clearly wants to be like uh, accepted by her. She could have just been her sidekick, but she's also going through all this other stuff too. Yeah. I wanted to spend some time talking about the way that the show shows weight loss. So obviously like the objective of all the characters is like, you're at fat camp, you're here to lose weight. I really like how the show has chosen to show that those efforts, which is just, they have this like militant ass, gym teacher i yeah. guess who clearly is like you're being punished you're gonna work out three times a day and everyone's just like uh, very uh. jillian michaels very yeah very like it's and we're not even gonna make it fun like it's gonna be yeah. miserable we've also talked about dr rand and she gives this talk about how like you guys are doing it for your health and to change and to improve yourselves and they pan to all the kids and it's good that none of them buy into that like they're not here for their quote-unquote health they're here because they like don't like their bodies and they want to be the hot girl at school so back to will will is still running her candy drug sales business and she gets turned in and this is a moment where like things begin to blow up she later finds out that becca is the one who turned her in because Mm -hmm. becca felt tempted will doesn't find that out in this episode but the audience finds out that's right i forgot a little bit yeah but so amber comes over in like the bitchiest way and is like Dr. Rand needs to see you now. (laughs) Which, like, so typical of life that the girl you don't like is the one that gets to deliver the news. It's like, I could have slung her in the face right at that moment. Will finds out it's her ass. Like, she's in trouble. Literally, number one rule at camp is, like, don't sell candy (laughs) at fat camp. Will um, takes off, and she goes to a diner and sits down and orders. She's like, give me fries and a chocolate shake. (laughs) She's, like, ready. And, like, girl, same. Like, honestly, if I was at fat camp, first thing I would order is chocolate shake and fries and a cheeseburger. So she sits down and she's ready to just like be living her life out in the wild over fat camp finally free that she realizes dr rand sitting right there with her white father there's this other storyline going on (laughs) about dr rand's complicated life but so she overhears dr rand having a clearly strained conversation with her father and so she has this moment where she's like not only am i about to get caught but also i know all these things about dr rand that i should not know so she tries to leave and then the waitress is like you said you wanted your fries and shakes stat (laughs) i think it's really funny yeah so then she has to like deal with dr rand yeah so all episode long they've been having this adversary relationship where will just wants to undercut her she hates this institution she built and dr rand is just genuinely trying to like she thinks this will be beneficial for her and she's trying to make it work for her so they have this like heart to heart this is where we realize we don't really know what will's true agenda is like she says she's over it and she doesn't want to be a part of it but like this conversation gets to her this is a moment i really really related to when dr ran is like go ahead you're not at fat camp you can eat it and will's like i'm not eating in front of you yeah like, like i know I i'm gonna be judged related to that so hard mm-hmm. just that feeling of like fuck you no. i know what you think totally and i'm not gonna do that i'm, I'm not, not giving you the satisfaction yeah. of being like i was right she's a failure yeah it's but you but you also know like she wanted that fries and shake, though. I know. Like, it's rough. While Will is trying to decide what she's going to do next back at camp, shit is going down. <laughs> so everyone's alliances that they formed have been broken. Becca admits that she's the one who turned in Will because she didn't want the temptation around. And it's very clear that everybody has a complicated relationship with being at camp. It's no longer just, I'm pro-losing weight, I'm anti-losing weight. Yeah. It's like, I'm, you know, com- I'm a complicated journey with my body. Um, and so here are some clips of those relationships blowing the hell up. Oh my God. What is your problem? You don't need a doctor to tell you what to say. No, you're not sorry. Sorry. What's going on? Why are you Caitlin's gone. I can't tell you guys details yet. Dr. Rand's coming by. Wait, is she okay? What happened? We have a right to know. I had to go to Dr. Rand. So they kicked her out? I told Rand about her stash. I didn't want to get her in trouble. I just just couldn't take having that stuff around anymore, you know? So the next time we see Will, she's back at camp. Dr. Rand is 
getting ready to call Will's uncle to have her come picked up because she's like, clearly you're a lost cause. Go have your burger and leave or whatever. Yeah. And Will says, you know, I made a vow to to stay here and I vow that I'm not going to be disruptive anymore and I'm ready to commit to the process. I mean, they give her a plot point reason to stay, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that her parents say if she fails this, she's going to get sent to military school yep. and she really doesn't want that. And I think that they really needed to add that plot point in there because if they didn't, there's no reason for her to care about being kicked out. If that was the only thing, then Will could have just said, you know, fine, I agree that I won't be bad anymore, but I still don't want to lose weight. But it seemed like after she talked to Dr. Rand, she had a renewed interest in like, quote, changing. I couldn't tell if she did or not. I couldn't tell if it was real or not, honestly. I can't tell either. Oh my God, we got to watch more. We got to watch the rest of the season. So Will decides to stay and then she and Amber have a makeup, which you can tell it's not like a long-term makeup, like they're going to have beef, but they have a moment of just trying to understand where each other is coming from. Will gives her this little sign that was hung up on Caitlin's Caitlin's bunk as a way to be like, here's like a peace offering. I know this was your friend's. Mm Which is that I thought was nice. That's nice. But they're not like we're chill now. Yeah. So then the episode wraps up with Will deciding, okay, she's going to give this another go. Caitlin gets kicked out because of her eating disorder. So they're going to figure out what the next step and what the rest of the summer is going to look like. I think that was one reason actually that Will and Amber make up. Amber says like, I can't believe they kicked her out. I thought they were going to get help for her. Mm, That's right. Like a little bit reveal of like, yeah, they're not really here to help you. They're just trying to change your body. So that's how the episode ends up. I'm super curious as to what happens next. One of our listeners specifically requested this episode, so we asked her to let us know her thoughts on Huge. Here's a clip. So here's why Huge was such a huge deal. Um, It showed fat people, fat teenagers, and not just one or two, but like at least like 80, 100. It was like every room was full of fat people, which other than Biggest Loser, what TV show has that happened on? I think this show is so strong because it's built on relationships between really developed and developing characters who are all dealing with, you know, their own issues other than being fat. Huge also showed different kinds and shapes of fat bodies. They had like small, which I wouldn't even consider fat bodies, like Amber. And then they had really big bodies like Ashley Fink, who is the actor's name. I think it's great that they showed all these different body shapes. And then also all these fat actors got to work and got paid. And I think that's also awesome too. If putting fat teenagers with varied body types on TV requires them to be at a fat camp, fine. Because that representation, though it's not perfect, is important. To the point that I wanted to go to a fat camp because I knew I would be the queen of fat camp. I literally was like, I wish I could go to fat camp just so I could rule it, keep being my body positive self, make some new fat friends, <laughs> and just be the hottest bit, like the hottest girl there. Like, like that sounded fun to me because, and here's the thing, and here's something they talk about in the show, it's like at fat camp, you may be the girl everyone, you know, looks over in your hometown and your group of friends, but at fat camp, the rules all change. And I think that really shows the power of fat spaces and why I think this podcast is really important. Um, and just, just why having fat spaces is important. Like we did with our last fatty film club, we'll again borrow from the podcast, The Nod, that does this game called Good for the Blacks. Do you think huge in 2010, was good for the fats. It was canceled. <laughs> yeah, so, true. So true. <laughs> but that, seems, that could be a rating thing. I don't know that the world was ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it was good for the fats? I Well, it was good for this fat. Yeah. <laughs> like, when it came out, I, it meant a lot to me, and I remember being so passionate about it and trying to get people to watch it, and they were like, is that the girl from Hairspray? What's it about? Uh, no, thank you. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I think Dang. I watched the pilot, and I was like, I was in a place where I wanted to watch Biggest Loser instead. I wanted to see that narrative Mm -hmm. of what I thought was success. Totally. Because this is more complicated. They are not trying to sell you like, and when these kids lose weight, we're going to unveil them. It'll be a makeover sequence. They're not selling you on that. I don't think I was ready for it. Yeah. If it came out now, I think people would, number one, there would be a lot more annoying, like, look, body positive. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, stop. <laughs> the headline with right. people. Be yeah. like, body positive TV show, like, with big girls. And I'd be like, Jeez. fuck. But, I, <laughs> you know. That's how a lot of the coverage feels. <laughs> but I do also think it might be more successful now. But I also think that there's, okay, I want to play a part of this clip that I found from an Access Hollywood interview. Well, where does it fall when 
Okay, like there's to me, I do believe that people should, uh, you know, love themselves for the way they are, whether they're tall, short, skinny, fat, whatever you are. But I also believe that you should eat healthy and take care of your body. So where does the show fall in that sense? It, I mean, it definitely promotes that as well. But it's a show that's about self-discovery and not not basically on weight loss. And it's a show about being comfortable in your own skin and whatever skin that is. And it, and it shows people that it's really truly about. Your insides, not the outsides. Your outsides may change, but the insides are the ones that are going to stay the same. And if you don't work on that first, then there's no way that you're going to be able to work on your outside image. Number one, just after the questions asked, you can see Nikki Blonsky want to just be like, ugh. (laughs) She's so annoyed. She already went on the Hairspray Press tour. She'd already been through it. She already did it. And then Haley is like, "Um, it's not about that. It's about the insides, and then you can work on the outsides, which to me is still kind of like a fat yeah. apologist. But but think about how defensive they both have to be Jeez. in the interview because the concept's like, so are they going to eat the salad or are they not going to yeah. eat the salad? Literally, that question <laughs> is like, I believe you should love yourself, but do you hate yourself? Shouldn't you hate yourself a little bit so yeah. that you eat the salad? Yeah. Jeez Louise. So, yeah, how do you think the interview would be different if it took place in 2017? I mean, honestly, I, I think a similar question would be asked. <laughs> I don't Christ. think it would be that different. But I do th- would I would hope that that maybe the actresses would have different language to respond with. So we'll put the links for that that video in the show notes. And then also this Entertainment Weekly article from 2010. So she said, quote, there aren't a lot of well-written roles for women of a curvier stature in my age bracket, but if anybody in Hollywood has any guts, they'll write a new character for a new TV show. I think the business should focus a little more on talent and a little less on looks. Wow. No, she's a real ass bitch. But you know what? She's right. Like, I want more shows like this. I remember yeah. when I watched the show, honestly, I treasured it because I, like, knew it was going to get canceled. <laughs> I knew there was nothing like it, and I was just like, I got to hold on to this yeah. tight. Yeah, I appreciate Huge. If you guys have watched Huge, please tweet us your thoughts, and if you watch Huge after you listen to this episode, tweet us and Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. <laughs> so that's the meat of it for this week. We've analyzed the pilot of Huge. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Today's episode is sponsored by a super cool underwear company, Tomboy X. If you don't love your first pair, they'll give you a full refund within 30 days. No questions asked. I have the essential soft bra with a rainbow band and a 4X, and it makes me feel like a bi sporty spice. The band and the whole bra really are so soft. I have the iconic briefs and essential soft bra, both in a 2X, and I love them. Not only are they super comfy and cute, but I love how wide and stretchy the bra band is. So when I'm wearing them, I feel like a total babe. Follow Tomboy X on Instagram at Tomboy X to see lots of different bodies wearing their pieces. A bra and underwear set starts at around $50. You can get 15% off with code SAFTOM until the end of the year. Woohoo! And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at she's all fat You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at FYI at she's all fat and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Um, hi, April and Sophie. Uh, my name is Hannah, spelled with seven N's. Well, I have so many questions for you guys, but the chief one among them is, how do you stay in the chill vibes only space? Um, one of the things that I love about your podcast uh, is that it is chill vibes only, and you guys seem to legit have chill vibes about things that are really, really intense for me and other people in the fat community. And... I think that's so needed, and I appreciate it so much. And also, I wonder if you have tips for how to cultivate that feeling, because I feel like when I open my mouth to talk about the things that I've experienced, I just, like, spray molten lava. <laughs> it Like, it's really intense and angry and sad. So um, if you have any tips for that, I would love to hear them. Hannah, thank you so much for that voice audio memo and truly loved it Hannah. Hannah. thank you so um, much also thank you to hannah jr for cooing beautifully <laughs> in the back of that we can't wait for you to grow up and send us a voice memo of your own baby yeah. hannah <laughs> you're doing great okay number one honestly i like listen to this <laughs> this is a very vulnerable open revelatory thing to say right. i listened to this and i was like oh my god i'm truly hiding it <laughs> 
fact that we seriously keep getting comments where people are like, love how chill Sophie is. It's like, are you kidding? I'm laughing hysterically. It's like, I'm so not chill. April is the chill one. I'm a little, but I'm even, I'm like chill with anxiety. Like not that chill, but a little chill. So thank you for, you know, seeing the image we want to put forward in the world. I mean, so yeah, it's like, the answer is like, literally we don't. No. Most of the time we're not chill. No. At all. Like, there's a lot of shitty things we talk about and encounter and deal with in the world, both with fat and with our other intersectional identities. You know, half the things April sends me on Twitter are just things where I'm like, I'm so sorry for white people. (laughs) It's just like, you know, racist shit or like sexist shit, just like whatever. It's trash. And all this stuff makes us, my initial response is always like, oh, this makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. But that is not what I want to put forward in this podcast. Yeah, we made a conscious decision when we started it that we didn't want this to be a space where we just turn on the mics and scream for two hours. Because it easily could be. Because we do that all the rest of the day. Because, again, the president's a Nazi. Why wouldn't yeah. we all be screaming? But we're <laughs> yeah. like, no, we want to create a little corner where like, we can be keep it totally real and talk about real things. But also it's our little space to just be like, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's share our yeah. stories. Maybe people can take something from this. And we'll have fun. But like, chill vibes only means I'm not going to scream at you because of my oppression. Yeah. It does not mean that I'm not so mad. Right. I'm so mad. I mean, April and I talk about you know, anger and letting things go and, and how to process things a lot. I've seen lots of memes that are like, you know, the opposite of anger is just to like not care or like not, not giving a shit. It's like the opposite of anger isn't love or like the opposite of hate isn't love. I I truly think it's like Mariah Carey, like who, you know what I mean? Like she knows who Jennifer Lopez is. Yeah, but let's she's just like, it, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Yeah, she's choosing to fly above. The opposite of anger is either just being like, I do not care. Like you cannot affect me or it's creating something. Like anger is a very destructive emotion and sometimes that's very useful. Like we're literally trying to tear down the curiarchy, but that also takes a lot out of you. And I find that being chill in the way that we try to be on the pod in discussing something is a way to build myself back up, make myself feel like I can have a useful and positive and forward discussion about these things that I really care about without leaving the conversation just feeling spent. And drained. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what we want to avoid. And by the way, this is not like a tone policing for no, anybody else's oh art at all. It was just for us. We decided like we're going to have a beach vibes theme song. We're going to come and have like a calm conversation because anything else is going to make me scream and pull my hair out. Like I'm going to lose it. Sometimes it's helpful to have like a cathartic rage filled anger thing. But I never feel. I love to drive around and scream in my car. Right. (laughs) So I calm down. But consuming that from someone else is never like it doesn't fill you. No, we didn't want to bring that energy into the space. I mean, we have lots of conversations about like what types of things where like whether it be feedback or content that we want to bring into our space because it's really important that we maintain our environment of just like calm, thoughtful discussion. Yeah. And but that, like yeah. rest assured, ninety percent of the rest of the day I'm like, I'm so mad I'm gonna cry. And then she <laughs> does cry and then she has to like blot her face and put concealer on and then we do it again. So <laughs> trust me, like we're we're yeah. going through it specifically this year one thing i've been working on is just not responding to things that will not be useful for me to express my anger in Mm -hmm. you know so like april has helped me with that like i literally text her once i've typed out a whole facebook comment that starts with like it's really interesting (laughs) how you like (laughs) i just think it's funny how (laughs) and i type it out and then like it's literally only recently that i've been like I'm going to select all and delete this. And I'll text April like, please just say you're proud of me because I did not start some shit that like, like I will, I will write a whole like paragraphs long thing if it'll be helpful. Yeah. If you think it will serve you, if you think somebody, because the thing is for me, it's like I, we have so much little emotional capacity as people don't waste it on someone who's like not even worth it. So some strategies that we use to help get us to that place where we feel more chill, where chill means like sitting in our seat of power. Chill means thoughtful. Yeah. Still angry and feeling all of our feelings, but just thoughtful. Yeah. Okay. So number one, unplugging part of the day. I find I'm so much happier when I don't look at Twitter first thing in the morning. Don't do that to yourself. God. And it's so hard not to, because of course we get the notification. (laughs) Just let yourself have a minute to be awake in the world without it, because it's there for you later. 
Number two, meditation. This is like one of my goals uh, through the end of the year and then the new year is to like meditate for five minutes every day. There's a bunch of apps that I have on my phone and I like kind of bump around to each of them and I haven't figured out which one is right for me exactly yet, but they're really easy. One's called Headspace. One is called Simple Habit. Number three, journaling. Mm -hmm. Always good. Um, goes along with journaling, having a therapist. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody get a therapist. Everyone <laughs> should lot. have a therapist. I promise. Um, number four, talking with a friend. A lot of times I will talk out my anger with April and she'll just be like, yeah, that super sucks. <laughs> also just intentionally choosing a community that's there for you. So if you don't feel, if you feel like you have all this anger and you don't feel like the people around you can hear you express yourself and reflect it back to you in like a kind and loving and and a way that is seeing your anger and saying it's, it's valid, then um, you need to find more people. <laughs> Like whether it's online or, you know, connecting more deeply to other people, everyone deserves to have that community that can help you process and express that anger. And feel affirmed because it's really hard to be screaming in a void by yourself. Oh, totally. Sometimes you need someone to just scream right back at you about the same thing and you feel seen and that's really important to have. So I encourage you to seek that out. Um, I also just wanted to say, don't be down on your anger. Like rage is very powerful. Absolutely. And it's a powerful agent of change. And so it's just about managing how you can use your anger as a tool that works for you, that you can wield, that's not being overwhelming for you. I'm going to put a link in the notes to um, an essay that I think Lindy West wrote about, about using anger. And let us know if you try out any of these strategies and how you feel. And if you need a place to scream, scream. Yeah. Or if it's useful for you to choose, like we have intentionally choose a place to designate as chill. Because mm-hmm. that, I mean, if I didn't do that intentionally, it wouldn't be chill. Like we have a chill podcast. We don't have any other elements of chill in our lives. Yeah. Let's make that very clear. That yeah. has been the choice. Uh-huh. And I have candles when I shower. That's another chill Ooh, place. Ooh, that's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. I guess I'm chill at yoga class and on the podcast. And every other time I'm just like... <sighs> <laughs> He's a Nazi. Everyone's a Nazi. Everyone's a Nazi. You thought he was a cop. Why aren't the cops coming? It's because the cops are Nazis too. So I understand. Yeah, but I'm glad that I'm glad that we managed to make this a chill vibe space. Oh, Hannah, thank you so much for that question. I hope that this was helpful, and I hope you guys let us know what you think. And um, all the resources we mentioned in this week's Ask a Fatty will be in our episodes notes. Sounds good. Thanks for that letter, Hannah. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where we have free reign to ask each other whatever we want. The nosier, the better. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, who is Carol King? Or, you put olive oil in your hair? (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you relate to being a black person in America while also being a black person from Africa. Okay. Like that, I listened to the Stoop episode about it, mm-hmm. but it felt like it was very scratching the surface. Yeah. Okay. So for context, everyone listening at home, my parents and my sisters are all Liberian immigrants and my parents came to America in the 80s. So I'm the first person in my entire family line to be born in America. I grew up in like a tiny Liberian community that is like a replica of how it is in Liberia. So a lot of times when I meet other first generation kids, either they grew up in like little tight knit communities with people like them, or they grew up really isolated in like all white areas. So I grew up like really familiar with Liberian culture, mostly only eating Liberian food, but also in a major city around lots of black American people. So for me as a kid, um, it was complicated because you know, it's been well documented that like a lot of Africans are very judgmental towards black Americans because when you come to the country as an immigrant, you get fed the same thing that the patriarchy tells you, which is just like, if you try hard, you'll get far. So I think a lot of Africans have the 
impression that black Americans aren't trying hard and are lazy or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so sometimes like you'll you'll hear I'm I'm not implicating my mom like my mom is a thoughtful person, but like other people in my life, I've heard stuff like oh you know black Americans they're lazy like they're ghetto they're they're different than us we're not like them we're Africans like they're you know. But when I started going to school like kindergarten and stuff, our my schools were really really diverse and ended up being like a lot of Liberian kids and also a lot of other like black American kids and other types of immigrant kids and stuff. So I always kind of felt like. I enjoyed both sides of culture. Like, I enjoy Liberian culture. I'm very close to it. It's how I was raised. But I also feel ownership of black culture because, like, I'm walking down the streets telling people, like, oh, she's African. She's not black. Like, I'm black. (laughs) And, like, I relate to, to black culture. And a lot of it is really interesting because it's, like, if you think of southern food, it's it's like Liberian food because slaves came from Liberia. It's just slightly different. So like everything about Black culture is like familiar, but slightly different from Wait, what I'm so familiar with. The perception in Liberia is like, oh, Black Americans don't work that hard. Yeah. Even though a lot of slaves came from Liberia. Yeah, I think there's just this disconnect because I mean, similar to how like white Americans, I'm sure feel is it's hard to say my ancestors sold their brothers and sisters into slavery. It's easier to say they're in America and they're not trying hard. And when I get to America, I'm going to try hard and I'm going to get rich. I don't know what they're doing. That's the easy way around it. So I think what a lot of people the, take that what's route. What's the connection to white Americans? Slavery. Guys. <laughs> I think it's easy for white people to say black people are lazy and it's hard to say, oh, we have structures holding them down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so culturally, I always felt like I'm part of both. There's times when I feel isolated from like bearing culture because I'm born in America. As people are, I feel like first generation people are constantly talking about this. The discomfort that I used to feel young when I was younger feel now that I've more grown out of it and I more just enjoy both parts of a culture that I feel is mine. And I also encourage, like in the Stoop episode you're talking about, they were discussing whether or not Black Americans should feel entitled to African culture. And that's something that I always feel really passionate about because in my head it's like, if you're Black American, West African culture is your culture. It just like got taken from you against your will. So I always encourage like if I have Black American friends and they're like curious about what I'm up to culture wise, I'm like come over, come to Liberian Independence Day, like eat this food because it's yours. And the same way that I feel like even though I, I'm not a descendant of slaves, like Black American culture makes sense to me because we're related. Like it, it is my ancestors in a different way, and also because like I still inherit all that baggage just walking around black, even though like in the grand scheme of things, I just got here. You know what I mean? It, it just it also makes me sad because it's like we came from the same place. We just had a different route. <laughs> Some yeah. different stuff happened along the way. That, is there pushback yeah. from Black Americans ever that is like you don't know? Oh yeah, that's definitely that's definitely present for sure. It's either. Like the attitudes I find are either I want to be Afrocentric, I want to get in touch, or we're different now. I'm not African, I'm Black American. Like we're not the same anymore, which both make sense to be honest and both are valid. But it's just whenever I encounter someone that is interested, I'm always like, I want to encourage you to go find it because I feel like it is your history. But I get why there would be a separation because there's this whole period of slavery that happened while we were like back there. And also because a lot of Africans do have the attitude of like, no, we're better. We're better. We're different. Yeah. How do you deal with that feeling of like, oh yeah, probably one of my ancestors like was implicit or what's the word? Complicit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and again, like I don't, we don't keep track of anything. I don't know specifically, but my grandma has said some things Dang. that made me think that Dang. yes, <laughs> yes, perhaps. I feel complicated by it. It's you know, it's that thing people always talk about. Like it wasn't me selling right. into it, whatever. Right. So I did my ancestry DNA earlier this year. Yeah, my that family was crazy. did it. It was so wild. So we did our ancestry DNA. We found that we have all these third cousins not that long ago third cousins in the south who look just like us one girl you showed me they like the uh, company you did they sent you like pictures of other people who had done the same task yeah they gave us their names and i looked her up on instagram she she literally looks like she could be your sister like a thin version she looks exactly like me wild because it's not that long ago because like her her great-grandfather was like my great-grand-uncle like it's not long ago so for me it just kind of feels like very present as west africans i will i wish we took more responsibility but also it's complicated because it's like you know white people came over and like tricked us like we all know we know the story (laughs) no no it's definitely on us overall but 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 either way like it just feels it just feels complicated and especially for liberian people i'm like if you track the slave trade most slaves are specifically the region that is now liberia like we're like a new country but like specifically you'd be liberian or like nigerian probably and so it's just i feel i feel 
yeah, I just feel complicated by it. And I wish we took more responsibility and I wish we made more of an effort to be like, come get reacquainted into your culture because like I enjoy my culture so much. It means so much to me. And it makes me sad that people were, they're robbed of that because of like slavery. Dang. Thank you for, again, I feel like, again, it was just a, like kind of a skimming the surface. It's yeah, such a like. There's lots there. There's a lot there. And again, it's like not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like really get to pry into it because it's not about me and it's not something that I have any input on, but it is very helpful for me to like hear from you about it and expand my horizons. Sure. Cool. Thank you for sharing. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about being fat as a teen, including some personal pictures, just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get podcasts. Every single day, April demands that I have a child. Have a baby. I cannot at this moment. You have chosen not to. (laughs) All minds can be changed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.